You're listening to Chuckscast, the podcast that keeps the kingdom over the culture and sparks real conversations from a Christian point of view. Wherever you're listening from, I hope you enjoy this episode and stay blessed. Okay, guys, so today I am joined by Sophie. Um, this is someone that like, I'm a huge fan of their work. Um, she's a writer and this is going to be an interesting conversation today. So before we start, um, Sophie, do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, everyone. I'm Sophie or Agogo, as some people know me. Um, as Josh said, I'm a writer, I have a blog, I'm also a YouTuber and slowly trying to become a bit of a content creator as well. So yeah, I'm really happy to be here today. Thank you so much for inviting me. Um, no problem. So before we start, um, I want to ask you a few questions. So because um, we do icebreakers usually. So the first question yeah. I'm going to ask you is who is your favorite person in the Bible aside from Jesus? Because like that's what everybody says. So <laughs> um. yeah, um, my favorite person in the Bible is Paul obviously aside from Jesus because wait do I tell why or yeah no you can tell why obviously yeah okay cool and because I don't know I've I just see so much of the love of Christ in him and I feel like he's a perfect role model of exactly what Jesus was talking about when he says that we should do as he has done I don't know I feel like Paul is so selfless and he really, really inspires me. Like when I go to heaven, I, I'm going to tell him I'm his biggest fan because <laughs> <laughs> I rate that guy, man. Yeah, same. Um, and then what would be your favorite verse or passage and why? Um, oh gosh, that's a hard one. I'd say one of my favorite ones is um, Philippians 3, 8, I think. It's in Philippians chapter 3 anyways. But basically, it's Paul saying that um, I basically everything like I can't quote it off by heart, but he says, I consider everything lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus for his sake. I have forsaken everything, et cetera, et cetera. And I love it so much because to me, it really like it really nicely encompasses what like what great worth is found in Christ and how. He actually is worth leaving everything because, you know, like Paul had everything. He literally yeah. was the Hebrew of Hebrews, a great Pharisee. And he obviously had bare riches as well, but he dropped literally everything after encountering Christ. So I think that's a beautiful verse because it shows how much power it is when you like when you meet Jesus and just yeah. experience him. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Like, I don't know, like I'm, I'm still I'm still reading some of the epistles now and like, the way paul was writing i'm just like this cannot be just by human nature like it's christ living inside of him so it's just mad um and then the other question the next question here is what um what is one word you would use to describe yourself oh oh gosh i don't think about this often (laughs) Um, (laughs) i would do i say something without bigging myself up too much oh no you can do that that's that's absolutely (laughs) fine don't get me wrong um i don't know i feel like i would describe myself as um as authentic i guess yeah like i i'm really really strongly against pretense and everything and i've done a lot of things to ensure that i try to like go back to who i really am and everything so yeah yeah i guess that's the word i would use and then the last question is what is your favorite gospel song right now or songs if you have more than one okay um right my favorite gospel song right now i think is no more idols by chandler moore yeah i've only listened to it a few times but i don't know it has so much power in it and obviously chandler moore is an amazing singer so yeah yeah 
Okay, so we're going to get into conversation now. So one thing you just said that I really liked is that you said that you're authentic and like you try your best to be like real. So obviously mm-hmm. when you're writing and stuff, like how does that kind of play a part in that? Yeah. Um, right. So I feel like when it comes to my writing, I try to show who I really am because like firstly, I created my blog, not necessarily so I could just produce um, written pieces for people to read I just wanted to express myself to be honest um because in all honesty not many people know this but I've actually been writing since I was like like writing on blogs since I was like 11 years old I just didn't ever really publish them and (laughs) (laughs) and they weren't really about what I do now like I used to have like fashion blogs and stuff like that but um I don't know I felt like there was a need for people to speak up and not be afraid of what people think or what they say so like the first blog post I wrote, it was, I think it was called My Name is Agogo. And I basically gave a description and my own like experience of growing up with um, with almost people trying to attach shame to me just because I'm black, just because I have a different kind of name, just because yeah. this, just because that. And that was just me being like, honestly expressing myself because I knew that there were other people who felt the same way, but they just didn't feel like they could vocalize it and I don't know I feel like ever since I released that first post um I got a lot of feedback from people saying stuff like yo you literally just said how like how I've been feeling for years and everything and I had no clue people were gonna um react like that you get yeah um and it made me realize how important honesty is in our society and how how much there's a deprivation of it you get me so yeah I get you um and yeah what you just said there like because obviously i'm somebody that actually like read your blog so i look like i love the way um i love the way you've started to like intertwine your faith into what you write because i i've been reading it since like last year and like i really enjoy your stuff and like no problem (laughs) um and i really (laughs) like so um specifically um i think you had one post about kind of some myths that you had about christianity and then your most recent one as well um mm. about struggling with depression and stuff like that so like again how does how does you like is it hard is it difficult for you to like intertwine your faith into what you write or is that something that comes easy to you um right so at the beginning it was difficult because obviously there's a lot of fear attached to like what will people think of me if I'm vocal about what I yeah. believe etc and especially the world like we're growing up in today people are very anti-religion and they're really pushing for a secular society so I remember the first blog post I put up about like my faith and everything obviously I was very nervous because I know that I don't just have a Christian audience I have a mixed audience like um but like funnily enough I actually used to have a purely faith blog that was in like 2015 and yeah. a few people actually read it back then. This was my original blog. I just decided to revamp it so I could talk about new stuff and everything. But it wasn't like I was I had never written about my faith before. Mm-hmm. It's just that I now knew that there were more, like there was a wider audience and I didn't know how they would react. So at the beginning, it was difficult. But my mindset is like, when I'm afraid of something, um, it acts as motivation for me to do it. I can't lie. So if I'm afraid of talking about my faith, I'm going to push myself to do it because I kind of made like a funny kind of vow with fear where yeah. I basically <laughs> I basically said like, um, I'm going to make you afraid of me because whenever I see something that causes me to feel fear, 
I run towards it rather than running away from it so that fear can never have power over me. And that's why like I do things um, such as writing on my blog about my faith again and again and again and again until I don't feel any fear at all concerning it. And honestly, I feel like that's the stage I'm in right now. Like if I'm to produce something where I talk about Jesus, I don't care. Like I don't care what people think. Um, I feel like too many people are trying to be politically correct and they're trying to say the right things and they're trying to please everyone. But I don't know. I feel like if you're trying to please everyone, going back to the whole authenticity thing, you're never going to be authentically yourself. So yeah yeah Yeah, i completely agree like what you just said there kind of reminds me of um i think it's a verse i think it's romans 116 about kind of being unashamed Mm, when talking about the gospel and the power of it and i think one thing as well that really helps as as christians when we're evangelizing is just being real you know i mean i think one of the best ways to evangelize is somebody who might not know jesus is you know talking about your testimony and talking about how you evangelize and like especially in your most recent um blog post like I just felt like that was so real, you know what I mean? And it's mm. like, it's like, I don't know, like, I feel like it's just because sometimes as even me personally, sometimes like you kind of feel like, okay, you have to be perfect or you have to kind of overcome something before you can talk about it. But I feel like there's mm. a lot of power when you can still kind of talk about something and you, you're still struggling with it. You know what I mean? Because I feel like a lot of mm-hmm. us, sometimes we try and like act like a superhero, like, oh, yeah. like I've overcome it. Da, 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 and then, but you i think there's beauty in realizing that it's not our strength but it's god's strength you get me exactly yeah exactly like i feel like when i dropped that blog post i kind of like i didn't like i was very skeptical about dropping it for the reason you just said because i was like why would i post this and like i'm not able to offer anyone some sort of hope in a sense like i'm not able to say yeah, I came out of this, so you can too. Like, I found it kind of strange to be able to be saying I'm still in this, um, and I feel like it's it is because there's a culture of you know this is my testimony of what God yeah. brought me out of, but there's not enough of a culture of God is bringing me out of this. And something that I've realized is when I am transparent about things that I'm currently dealing with, it almost impacts people more. Then when I say, uh, like, obviously overcoming stuff impacts people massively. Like if I see a testimony that, oh, somebody, they, they struggle with this and then they stopped, it really encourages me. But sometimes people need to know that they're not alone in their struggle. And yeah. that's one reason why I wanted to drop it. And obviously it was hard because it is a very, very vulnerable piece. And I don't even talk to my friends about um, some of the stuff that I wrote there, but I just felt it very like strongly, like God was pressing on me, like, yo, you need to be honest with people and let them see that you're not this perfect person who doesn't like, who doesn't have any problems in, in life or something. Because when people look at you like that, it makes them think that they are almost insufficient to be used by yeah, God or something. Exactly. So yeah, that's why I thought it was important mm-hmm. to drop that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, honestly, thank you for that. Because like, it's, it just... I don't know it really helped me as well you know um and yeah so the like the main thing I want to get into today is kind of like talking about like social justice because I know that you've used your blog and you kind of use your platform to kind of like speak on that so can you just like talk about like how you kind of got started with that kind of stuff because obviously as somebody who is black and um it's kind of crazy because we kind of have to almost yeah. in a way like speak up about things because instead mm-hmm. of just being able to live life so 
Yeah. Um, okay, so my interest in social justice and um, it began years ago, and it wasn't it wasn't necessarily about you know, like advocating for black issues or something. Yeah. I just really care about um, problems that happen around the world, and it's always been something I wanted to do since I was young to change, like to bring change in any sphere that I can. Like when I was younger, I used to look to people like. Malala Yousafzai, um, the girl who um, basically was shot in the head by the Taliban oh, yeah. in Pakistan. Yeah, 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 yeah. And she was advocating for women's education, I believe. And I used to see people like her and I was like, this is so amazing. Um, and other people too who would just fight for what's right. And I was like, I want to do this too. Like, I don't just want to like, obviously it's not for everyone. Not everybody has to mm. care and that's okay. But I felt a very strong burden in me to do something if it's within my means. So um, it started when I was maybe like secondary school. Um, like for example, in my leaving cert, um, my leaving cert French oral, you know the way, actually, did you do French or did you yeah, do Yeah, I did French, language? yeah. Okay, you know the way there's basically a part where you can bring in a document or mm. a talk about something that you like, you like maybe a holiday you've been on or a celebrity or somewhere you've been yeah my document that i decided to talk about and bring in was um the syrian refugee crisis and some people looked at me like yeah some people looked at me like i was crazy because they were like you can talk about something way easier than and than that but i was like no i genuinely care about this so i'm Mm. like i'm more than willing to learn about it in not just english but in french and to speak about things like that and so um, I guess that was kind of the base, like just caring for people in general. And then when I came to college, I started um, encountering, obviously in college, you meet loads of different types of people. So I started meeting people who cared a lot about Africa and cared about African well-being. And they taught me a lot about, you know, colonization and the slave trade and all of these different things and basically how like black people are dehumanized and I was just learning more and more and and these things aren't really spoken about in secondary school to be honest like it's not like I had a lot of like I didn't have a lot of black people in my school so we wouldn't have really been speaking about those things anyways so um coming into a new environment where people are talking about things like this it really got me like it really pushed me to think a lot more and I started caring a lot more about what it means to be black and then um I did a module um called black studies yeah by you've have you heard of it um yeah I heard of it a few years ago was it was it one of the first modules that were introduced yeah to? yeah actually yeah. the first one and um it's by this amazing woman um called Dr. Eben Joseph and she's incredible she's a lecturer around Ireland as well so that really really educated me on so many things because honestly when we're young we don't we don't learn anything in school about like black the black struggle all we learn about is maybe the slave trade and they don't even talk about that to a huge extent obviously I didn't do leaving her history so I don't know how much they go into that in like within that breath but I know Mm. that all the way up there I barely saw black people in my history book barely um, heard black people being spoken about as inventors I didn't see any black person um on in a, in a type of space where I could be like oh yeah I want to be like them 
or this or that all I saw around was white 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 and I didn't realize the impact that that had on my brain and the bias that it caused even within me towards black people and towards what I believed we were capable of as a whole and everything Mm -hmm. and I went through a period of a lot of um, like correcting a lot of unconscious bias that I had and it fueled me to start making sure that nobody else is in the same um, position or mindset that I was in growing up. So like one of the reasons why I advocate so strongly for black issues is because I genuinely don't want children to grow up with the same mindset that many of us grew up with, which was white is better or Mm -hmm. white people get jobs or white people are smarter, et cetera, et cetera. No, I'm really passionate about making sure kids know that you are as capable as anybody else. And so Obviously, like that, that's not all what black issues are restricted to. There's also things like the deaths that have been happening, like the mm. protests and stuff. But that's really how I started just by caring about <laughs> just yeah. by caring about things, really. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I liked what you said there about kind of the unlearning, because I feel like 2020, like last year especially, was just a huge year of unlearning mm. and relearning kind of things. Like, like even for myself, like I had to just like because seeing things especially with what happened with George Floyd I like seeing those sort of things like it really just made me realize like the amount of bias you know we even have and the amount yeah. of and the amount of um like privilege especially living over here that we have that we don't necessarily go through those things but at the time obviously it's it was kind of crazy and you know mm. that that's when like I started I started thinking I was like okay you know what part does like what part does my faith play into this you know what I mean because it was really like when this happened i remember there was like especially looking at america looking at the american example there yeah. were a lot of different voices and a lot of different personalities that were like there was two opposite sides to, to like some people were like okay you know this is just a sin issue you know and then there were some yeah. people that were like okay we need to be matching with people so where do you feel obviously there's no one correct answer for every single person but where mm-hmm. do you feel like the gospel plays and what part do you feel like a plays? i mean when it comes to like social justice issues okay that's a really good question um personally i don't necessarily agree with simply you know it's just a sin issue because it's the truth is it is a sin issue but with all sin issues you don't just pray about them you do practical things too Mm -hmm. do you get me like if i'm dealing with loss now i'm not just gonna say i'm just gonna pray about it and then keep going on like doing the exact same things i was doing before even though i see that there's clearly a problem there no there's an active part and to play and so i think like yeah prayer like honestly i think at the beginning yeah i was a bit i got a bit annoyed at people who were just saying just chill just pray god will take care of it because i was Mm. just like this is not like this isn't fair it's not practical but then i started seeing that they did have a point to play because i feel like I kind of feel like I used to have the mindset where it was like God can take care of individual people's issues, but not necessarily the world as a whole's issues. Do you Mm -hmm. get me? Like I kind of just saw that there was one blanket of evil covering everything and God was just not going to do anything about it. And I had to, I had to, like, I had to be corrected um, and realize that there's nothing that is too big for God. Like if God wanted to deal with the issue of racism, he can. And Mm -hmm. It's up to, like, I feel like a lot of the things that God wants to happen on earth, it's actually up to us to bring them out. Because, you know, um, in the Lord's Prayer or something, it says, I will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
meaning it's up to us to bring the will in heaven onto earth. It's up to us to practice dominion. It's unto us to make sure that his will is accomplished here. And that's why intercessors are needed. And that's mm -hmm. why it's needed that people, you know, would pray his will down. But then at the same time, I really believe that there is an active part to play in that. So I would be like, I was marching last year with the protest um, last year. And obviously there does need to be boundaries there. Like if you, if you see people starting to loot, starting to wreak havoc, starting to et cetera, et cetera, you step back, you don't mm -hmm. engage. But yeah. I think it's really about the principle like you need to show people that you stand with them. And I think that's one of the main problems that the church has had over the past how many decades. It's mm -hmm. that the church will say we care about you, but they never stand with people when they need it. Like they say the church is meant to be the one, in my opinion, the church is meant to be the one providing for the poor, helping yeah, the needy exactly. and fighting for justice. But it's like they say, oh, we just stay here in our four walls and let's just pray for them. Let's just pray for them. And no wonder people are like are angry about the church because it's like you guys are hypocrites. You say you care, but you don't do anything. And it almost reminds me of um, the part in James when he says um, faith without works is dead. If you yeah. say to somebody that, oi, um, I hope you I hope you get warm and you eat something nice and you see that person is homeless and you do absolutely nothing about it. You just walk past them. They were like, what is the point of that? James says, like, why, why would you even do that in the first place? It's better for you to not even say anything because what's the point in just saying uh, I care, but not enough to act on what I care about. So I think like, of course, pray. Of course, consult God. Of course, do all of those things. But if you can, and obviously, like, it's not like I'm not shaming anybody who doesn't. Um, as, as long as you're honest with yourself, do you get me? And obviously, there's yeah. some people who just are not comfortable marching physically. And that's fine. Like, not everybody is up for protest. But in the small way that you can help, like, you know, signing petitions um, and not even just signing petitions, because to be honest, I don't even know the power of petitions. But as much as you can, like, if you really say like, okay, cool, I don't feel comfortable protesting. What are you going to do instead? Like, are you going to, mm -hmm. are you going to email um, TDs that you know? Are you going to email politicians? Are you going to write letters? Are you going to start campaigns? What are you going to do to still show that you genuinely care? If you care, because not everyone will care. Do you understand? But like, yeah. I feel like there does, there does need to be an active part to it. And it's not a matter of, oh, I don't want to be associated with those people doing X, Y, Z, because I don't know, in my opinion, when it comes to justice, that's just not a good enough excuse. Yeah. Um, yeah, I actually agree with everything you were saying there. I think, um, I think sometimes as Christians, I think we kind of, I think we kind of see it in a way where it's like, okay, there has to be one specific way. You know, every mm. single Christian has to do the exact same thing otherwise yeah. you know you're not a christian da, da, da. like i saw i was seeing a lot of fighting between different kind of christian circles especially when it, especially in america um <laughs> i think everybody as you said i think everybody has their role to play you know there's people who are going to intercede there's people who are going to mm -hmm. go and be on the front line marching with people yeah. as well you know what i mean and i think one thing that we can kind of all agree on is that okay we know that racism in itself isn't a surface level issue it's a heart issue but there's yeah. things that we can do on the surface you know to help and to also push the gospel while doing so you get me mm, exactly like i even there's one girl i saw i think she tweeted something and she was like for example the laws in the country uh, 
you may say like okay like murder for example just because murder is a sin issue does that mean we should just pray about it no we put laws in place to change things Mm -hmm. so that it doesn't happen again and i feel like i feel like the reason why people have a very dismissive attitude towards racism is because either they don't experience it or they don't believe it's real and that's why they say why are you marching why are you trying to change laws like it's not that deep all you have to do is pray 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 and it's just like you don't treat any other quote-unquote sin issue in the same way you treat racism and that's why I feel like there was like you said there was a lot of um almost division amongst Christians during that time because some people were saying there's no need for this while other people are saying there's absolutely a need for this and it's just it's almost like where do you draw the line and but I don't know I've just found that like from what I saw and from because I read things from both sides and everything um but I feel like like you said it doesn't have to be pick one or the other it can be both like it's not it's it's not a bad thing to adhere to both of them at the same time like both sides you know yeah exactly um i think if we look like i think if we just look at the simple fact that everybody's made in the image of god you know that kind of helps especially when it comes to these kind of things because yeah even if we even if we take it from racism to also like gender-based violence and these kind of things we have to realize that everybody's made in the image of god and i think christians need to realize that it's not just christians that are made in the image of god there's every single human being that exists yeah. in this world is made in the image of god it's, it, he was they he or she have been created by god you know what i mean so they don't deserve to die you know they don't deserve to be murdered exactly. they don't deserve to be treated poorly regardless of anything they do you know what i mean i think there was mm-hmm. a lot of and i was somebody like personally before 2020 i was somebody who didn't really use the words like privilege and oppression but since everything has happened like you do really see like people who you do really see the systems of oppression that exist you know what i mean and you Mm -hmm. see you see people who are in positions of privilege who you know feel like oh there's no need of you know doing anything because we should just pray about it and like yeah that that was something that really disappointed me kind of like seeing some of the people i listened to you know their views on it because you know as as somebody that's a black man you know it's like it's upsetting to see basically it was just kind of upsetting to see because it's almost like i thought we were all christian here you get me like i thought Mm -hmm. like you cared about my issues and i cared about your issues you know what i mean yeah yeah definitely i even like i remember there was one um video that i saw of one lady and I, i mean like to some extent, like, I understand when it comes from people, not I understand, but I'm not surprised when it comes from people who aren't Black and who don't know the struggle and everything, because it's like, you know, if, if you don't experience it, you're going to think it's not real, especially if you choose not to listen to other people. Um, but there were some people who, I guess, were Black and they were even almost advocating saying like, oh, you know, we don't have to do much or you guys, like, I saw one particular video of this lady who was saying that, you know, um, George Floyd is being treated as a martyr and um, as a hero and basically she was just like you know um, she basically went to pull up all of his criminal records for the past I don't know how many years and she was basically like he's done all of this stuff and you guys are still marching for him you guys are using him as a face of this and I don't know I feel like that even goes 
into a, like a deeper layer where people think that black people only matter when black people are excellent. Black people yeah. only matter when black people are intelligent, when they're smart, when they're quote unquote worthy of our respect. As if, like you said, we're not all made in the image of God. And that, that alone, like that alone is the foundation of respecting another human being, whether or not they're in your social class, whether or not you're in, they're in your tax bracket, you know? And I feel like, I feel like a lot of times when people do express sentiments like, oh, it doesn't matter that much, or we don't have to do too much. It is 100% rooted in a place of privilege. And also like, it's just rooted in this, like in this almost like superiority complex of, Mm -hmm. yeah, I care for you, but only to a certain degree. Do you get me? Like, it's like, I feel comfortable you know, maybe mingling with you for, um, to a distance. But once you start almost posing a threat to how highly I see myself, I can't really, like, I can't really mess with you no more. I can't really stand by you no more. And I feel like, yes, you can be a Christian and, and of course, like, care about racism. And, you know, you can be a Christian and also not really care about it. But I feel like a lot of the time um, people were kind of showing that, despite their Christianity and despite their love for Jesus and despite all of these things, they do still have underlying bias and under underlying prejudice and underlying racism, under, underlying even like classism. So all of these things, you get me? Um, yeah. Because sometimes we think that, oh, just because somebody's Christian, it means they'll have the, like the perfect like worldview. And that's really not necessarily the case because obviously it is a process for our minds to, you know, be, be renewed. Yeah be renewed exactly yeah yeah and um yeah i agree with what you said there and i think um i think a lot of people like were just saying things like okay you know just like for me like where i see this i think as a, as a church you know i think again we all play different roles and as a church i think pastors and things like this because i was just wondering i was thinking i was like okay it must be difficult for pastors at this time especially pastors that are black it must be difficult at this time mm. you know like what do you actually say to your members what do you do you turn your sermons you know do you kind of talk about this kind of stuff or like Mm. what do you kind of do and I think um I think I think we just need to continue especially like from a sermon point of view I think we just need to continue to preach the gospel I think we need to continue to drill that you know Christ 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 grace Mm. grace grace because it's like you that and the power of that is what's going to you know push people into these different areas and like okay this is what you're going to do this is how we're going to treat different people this is how we're going to stand by people even though we might not necessarily agree with everything that these people do and their lifestyle we're still going to stand mm. because again they're made in the image of god because these people deserve mm. to hear christ as well you know what i mean yeah yeah most definitely like i feel like i personally think that change in society happens on two levels it happens on the biggest of levels and it also happens on the smallest and I think that's the only way it can be effective like by saying that what I mean is change like real change in society it happens when you know laws come into place leaders rise politicians and who have the right mindset are in place and everything you know those type of huge moves but it also goes down to the individual and it goes down to everybody in society and that's where I think the gospel really really like plays a huge role because you know it's all well and good to protest and and all of this stuff but people's hearts can still be the same afterwards yeah and 
no matter what laws change, it's not going to change people's hearts. That's why, like, personally, I don't even think laws will change until the hearts of those in positions of power are changed. Because they'll say, it's just like the history of America, for goodness sake, where they said, okay, we'll get rid of the Jim Crow laws, but then they introduced the 13th Amendment. Or they yeah. say, we'll get rid of this, but then they um, start the war, of dro- uh, the war on drugs. All of these small, small things, it's like, okay, we'll change the law, but our hearts haven't changed. Therefore, all we're really doing is like shape-shifting it necessarily yeah, exactly. just to appease you. And that's where I think like the gospel is so important. And I don't like... That's why I said I feel like I had to be corrected last year when I realized that, you know, God can actually deal with this issue and Mm -hmm. the gospel is actually powerful enough. And I feel like there was a while where I didn't actually understand the power of the gospel. I didn't see how deep it actually is and how much change it can bring, because like like reading the Bible alone, the book of like the gospels, the book of Acts, you see clearly how much change the gospel can bring to a town, to a city, to a nation, because when they would like, for example, when the revival, what I, that's, this is what I call it. I call what happened when the gospel came to Ephesus, a revival, because what happened was all of the people who had been involved in, you know, sorcery and witchcraft and mad and magic and all that stuff they literally burnt their books they burnt their material these were this was stuff that cost millions like huge huge amounts of money and they burnt that all because they saw that something was greater and that that's a demonstration that there was really a heart change that occurred there because nobody just does that for no reason and as a result of the gospel entering you know the small hearts of people here 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 that's how entire nations literally became transformed so that's why i think it's never a thing of we should only rely on the people with the most power. Of course, we knew, we need to push them because like, we can't just say, you know, everybody's heart must change and then we'll work towards changing the laws because like things are going to keep happening until that happens and people's hearts changing. It doesn't happen immediately. It doesn't happen at the click of a finger, but we shouldn't underestimate the power of the gospel in like bringing, like in literally bringing reform to society, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Um, and I think because I think if we look at some of the people who were involved in the abolition of like slavery and things like that, there were a lot of Christians that were involved in that. You know what I mean? And it's like, yeah, it's not a thing where because I feel like the way I used to think about this was, OK, you know, Christians can't really change the world because it's like, you know, this world isn't even really for us. And OK, yeah. although I agree that this world, as in the world that we live in, is a fallen world, I feel like the beauty of christ is what can change people and it's what can change hearts like i don't necessarily Mm. believe that we'll ever see anything like world peace anything like that but i do feel that yeah christ i do feel like grace you know there's people who especially because this world is evil i do feel like there's people who need to hear this message that need to hear that okay you're worth something you know jesus died for Mm. you you know i mean i feel like if they don't you know it it would just be terrible that that's why like my heart has really changed when it comes to these things you get me definitely like i really think that um people do need the gospel so much and just to like the power of the power of the gospel the power of what christ has done the power of grace like it, it does so much to people and that's why i don't think that it should it should ever be a thing that we just bat our eyes twice at and we're like oh yeah you know 
this message and obviously not everyone will necessarily accept it but that's fine and like I even I remember a a while ago I saw something like if we were if our purpose as human beings was just to be saved so we can go to heaven as soon as we become saved we would die immediately and just be taken up there but the reason that we are left here is yes um to share the gospel with other people most definitely but also to change things like there's a reason why Jesus said you are the salt of the earth you are the light of the world he said these things for a reason why because he knows that this fallen world this fallen world needs it needs christians it needs people who are following the lifestyle of christ and who are bringing about the same things that he brought about like god wouldn't just say ah well these people sin so i'm just gonna give up on the world i'm gonna save my you know special few and i'm gonna leave the rest to dust i'm gonna leave them to self-destruction no like he cares so deeply about every single individual that he says now that you have been transformed go out and preach to all nations, convert all men, not convert all men, but, you know, make disciples of all men, bring them to me so that like the world that we see, I I genuinely like personally, yeah, I agree with you. I don't think like stuff like world peace will ever really happen and everything, but I do think that there is a huge like degree of change that can happen if Christians just rise and be active about our faith and not just, and like not even just necessarily do up this whole, you know, moral Christianity. That's what I call it. When, your Christianity really only affects how you see people, how nice you are, how this, how that. But no, I like I personally believe that it is still possible for a Christianity that it, like that which is seen in the book of Acts to be seen mm-hmm. again today. But yeah. it just comes down to, like you said earlier, like people's minds being renewed and also people just believing that, yo, you know, Jesus Christ is still alive. Like he's not he's not dead. The mm-hmm. whole the whole emphasis on the, on the gospel is the fact that he is risen and he is still alive. And therefore, if Jesus Christ is still alive today, then the same things we saw in that Bible can again occur today. The same change we saw can occur today. The same blind people being healed, dead people being raised, hearts being transformed. They can literally all occur today because he's alive and he literally lives like in you and I and in all of us, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you for that. Sophie. like, um, because that's like that's something that you know true like you're writing as well that's something that's really helped me you know kind of see that okay listen you know it's it's a thing where you know you kind of have to be active as well you actually have to show that you care you know you i am i was reading i think it was the when you wrote about the dehumanization of black bodies and you were just kind of talking about how it's just important to care and also um, in your piece about direct provision you know like when you um when you consider the kind of conditions that other people are in, like as a Christian, I don't know, just for me, it's just like your heart is like, Oh, wow. Like that's not good. You know what I mean? You, you feel like compassion for such people. And I think that compassion is what can drive the change. As you said. Yeah. Like it just reminds me of, um, I think it's in first John chapter three, um, where it says we love not in, word and in speech but in action and in truth in deed and in truth like personally when I like if I want to see if somebody that's a Christian is worth me you know following as a role model or something or taking inspiration from I don't look at what they teach I don't look at what they say I just look at their lifestyle I look at their character I look at how active they are in what they in what they proclaim do you understand because Mm -hmm. there's so many people who have 
who they know that you should you know love the lord your god with all your heart soul and mind and give to the poor do that there's literally an abundance of people like that but how many people are there who are actually doing it who an unbeliever can look at you and say you know what you remind me of jesus christ you remind me of that guy and you don't even need to really open your mouth to say much do you get me like i feel like that's where that's what the aim really is for all of us and that's why I said at the beginning that Paul is one of my favorite characters in the Bible because he literally embodies the meaning of living it out in absolutely every single aspect Paul literally said that he would he would be cut off for Christ forever cut off from Christ forever if it meant that the Jews would be saved if it meant that they would come to Christ and Paul was in love with Christ so for him to say that you can see that the love that he had for people was so, so intense and so strong that he said, do you know what? I would be eternally damned if that meant that the nation that God originally cared about so much would come to him and would return to his heart. And I feel like some people may be like, oh, you know, that's a bit extreme and everything. But personally, I don't think it's extreme, you know. Um, Paul also said that we should imitate him even as he imitates Christ do you get me so if the example that we see in him I'm not saying Paul is God obviously Jesus is the one that we bow down to and everything but he is an example I think he's a perfect example of what it means to actively care for the church and care for the world, like the people in the world, not the world itself. Do you get me? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think love. Personally, I don't even see love as love if there's no action or if there's no truth behind it. Do you get me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I actually just love what you said. That, yeah, like where truth is, love is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's where we just need to, but I think it, it all boils down to, cause I feel like a lot of people kind of, um, even myself, like it's just relearning and just because the, the yeah. gospel of Jesus Christ is very simple, but at the same time, you know, I feel like sometimes we overcomplicate it. So it's like, Definitely. it takes on learning some sort of things before you can really like really have that heart, you know, because it's Christ mm. that does the heart change. It's not us that does it. Exactly. Exactly um so yeah um thank you for coming on today i really appreciate that so before we kind of end this conversation is there like anything like any words that you might have for us or like a verse or anything like that that you just want to like leave um okay i would just say maybe galatians 2 20 it says i'm crucified with christ nevertheless i live yet not i but Christ lives in me and the life I now live in the flesh. I live by faith in the son of God who, um, who loved me and gave himself for me. I just want to put that first out there because I feel like that's the perfect verse to, to almost minister to us on how our lives should be. It shouldn't, it should be like Christ already lives in us. So almost let him express himself through you you know what i mean like it's not just a thing of i i feel like a lot of christians have the knowledge it's there's not a lack of knowledge it's literally just a lack of a lack of true understanding a a lack of revelation and why i say understanding and revelation is because i feel like when you truly understand um and deeply get the things that god says concerning you and the fact that christ lives in you you can't live the same you really can't so yeah, I would just say, you know, that's a, it's a scripture I uh, I tend to think on that, yo, it's not, this life isn't about me. It's not about what I want. It's literally about Christ living through me and reaching out to people through me. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So thank you for that, Sophie. 
um i really appreciate you coming on and and obviously Thank like you. you guys need to make sure to go i'll leave it her website will be in the in the show notes of this episode it's oh, a gogo.com like now nah, like people just need to start reading your work because it's just it's really helped me as well um <laughs> wow so, yeah I'm so humbled thank you so much for having me on today i really i really really enjoyed this conversation to be honest i can't wait to <laughs> to re-listen to it <laughs> no afterwards problem. and i love i love your podcast in general thank you so much for even like creating this type of space even like in ireland you know because there's not many christian pod and there's not many good christian podcasts you get me like so yeah. keep doing what you're doing because honestly it's impacting so many people thank you thank you so much sophie i really appreciate that if you made it to the end i hope you enjoyed this episode and for more meaningful content please follow us on instagram at chucks stay blessed